0: What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, 8bit.net news and current affairs podcast each and every week we're bringing you all our takes on all the news you need to know about. I'm your host Jack Cruz and joining me this week, yin to my yang, all round good guy, now a published article writer for (laughs) IGN.com, it's your boy Jono Peck. Thank you, thank
1: you Jack, I think you're the first person to, to mention that in an intro, I was hoping you would that's the, the feather in my bow i can uh i can uh <laughs> i can let that one another,
0: go <laughs> i think it's another uh it's what do they call it it's another string to your bow yeah sure fe- feather, feather in, in my cap.
1: cap yeah sorry i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm a writer not a talker come on <laughs> oh, come on uh what's going on how are you yeah i'm good i'm good it's it's sunday night it's uh it's time to, to talk about some news man how's uh it is how's how's things I'm used to doing yeah, these in person. I'm, I've, uh, even though we've probably done, we've done two in, two of these in person, but it still feels mm-hmm. like that's the normal way to do it. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Is this your
0: fourth appearance now? It is, yes. Mm. Yeah, good, good, good. I'm good. leading the way, yeah. right? Uh, you are. Yes, yeah. you have been. Yeah, Tom. You Tom was. He, Tom had had uh, squared the ledger. Yeah. As of last week, he made his third appearance. And, um, we've had a couple of repeat guests, Ali Hart and Mr. Brendan White and, um, soon to be Dr. DJ Payne, mm. will be making his return in a couple of weeks. We're excited for that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, you're leading the way. Sammy Deej, yeah. Four. Sammy Deej, yes, of course. How could I I hope that? no one
1: overtakes me. He'll, he's going to kill me. That's one that. thing I'll, I'll, I'll say, beginning. Jack. If anyone ever overtakes me, we'll have to
0: have words. <laughs> 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 I appreciate your commitment yeah. to the show. Um... How's things. What's what's news? What's news in your what's world? What's news? Uh, just
1: did a podcast with our friend Tom DeBom, kind of guest hosting, mm. putting in work. So that's a special episode mm. coming up with um very good. With uh, some fellow Kiwis, so you can so, look forward to that one. Bit of a teaser there, but yeah, otherwise just I? just uh, doing my thing, putting in work, bit of writing, working on the second book. It's coming along very slowly. Playing mm. games
0: podcasting How was the yeah, second so. book how is the how what if you had to get if you had to put a percentage number gosh on the, the sequel to the spy and the maven your uh i don't think it's won any awards so i can't really say award-winning book give it you but can give, our, it uh, give it the jack Cruz
1: award for literature
0: i feel i should probably finish <laughs> yeah. it first before i give it any kind of best, award best I need...
1: first half of a book of
0: 2017 you could say yeah, I'll pay that. Yeah, I'll pay that. Um, well, I need to go on another flight soon, <laughs> so I need to... Hawaii. I need yeah. to... Uh, We're both yeah, going to maybe Hawaii, Hawaii soon, t- so
1: not together, but... We are. That'll be good. Yes. So, what was the question? What percentage am I? At least are you asking how much yeah. I've written? Yeah. Correct. Uh, I've written probably 55 to 60% of the sequel. Oh, okay. So, I'm getting... Cool. I've, I've got to put a big chunk in it, uh, taken a big chunk mm. out of it, but that's the first mm. draft, so... Mm even if i was 100 finished the first draft i'd still
0: have a lot of work ahead of me so i'm not patting myself on the back quite yet do you know how it's going to finish or are you kind of working towards that like what's the yeah. process for I, you like
1: so this time around i'm writing it chronologically whereas at the first time yeah. i was kind of writing you'd wrote you wrote parts like the, yeah the, yeah the key parts and then you built the story around and I, it yeah like kind, kind of, of tied the strings together at the end but Mm. yeah i'm trying a bit different this time and i do know the ending but i'm not exactly sure how i'm going to get there Mm. so Mm. Mm. i think Mm. that is that is a good way to tackle things sometimes like you know Mm. the, the result might be expected but the way you get there might be might be quite interesting so we'll see
0: excellent Good, excellent. I look forward to finishing the first mm. book and one day reading the yes. second. <laughs> I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the spine. Uh, very good, very good, Jono. Yeah, it's time for some rapid fire Rap-ify news. Rapid As fire. always, thank you, thank you for the uh, the soundbite. Um, You're welcome. Now let's get into it. Let's get into it. Food chain, first story, food chain IHOP changes its name to IHOB. Not as catchy, is it? No, it's not. I think this was an interesting little story.
1: It's one of the best things about IHOP is saying IHOP. I think it's like
0: (laughs) one of the appeals. Yep, yep. Yep. so this was the um, this is the International House of Pancakes has changed has rebranded and changed its name to IHOB, and there was a bit of there's a bit of hullabaloo. People were upset, as they do on the internet. People seem to get upset about things, and the, there was a bit of mystery around what it was, mm. what the B was going to stand for, and some were speculating perhaps it was the International House of Breakfast or burritos or something like that. But it turns out it's burgers, International House of Burgers. Mm. Uh, this is. Uh, uh, I mean, I just found this like a quite a little a funny little story, but um, it's only temporary, but it's drummed up quite a lot of uh, media for them. So, it's an interesting... I found it to be an mm. interesting sort of marketing exercise. Yeah, I think that they did a really good job with this. Like, it's easy to say how
1: lame it is and how mm. dorky and just kind of desperate, mm. but it's got everyone mm. talking about them and it's got them on mm. people's, on you know... On the end of people's tongues and it's on on the lips mm. and those lips mm. will be wrapping themselves around some burgers soon, I'm sure. Because apparently the burgers mm. are pretty good. I've never been yep. to IHOP, yep. but mm. yeah. What do you
0: think? What do you think about the actual reveal? Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was fine. Like again, I, I, you know, I just I, I more was like when it when it's happening because obviously we're in Australia mm. and IHOP is only. Uh, america and canada yes they're not even though the international international. house of yeah it's kind of like maybe we maybe they should change it to the to the m hop and the multinational (laughs) um but i think i think i think it was just really it was just one of those clever sort of it was nothing um you know I, i feel like these days we see so many stories around businesses and companies and that who are brought into the spotlight and for the negative, like negative reasons and people are talking about them because they've done something wrong mm. or someone says something about them. It's a PR nightmare. But this was just like a a, a a thing that they did that got everyone talking about their brand that got the eyes on them and it's going to probably drum up a lot of sales. It's only temporary as well. Like they're actually going to revert back to IHOP eventually. It's just to sort of get people aware that they do burgers and some people were freaking out saying they're not going to do pancakes anymore, which I thought yeah. was kind of funny, but um, which they are still going to do. But uh, nevertheless, just a f- just a fun little story to kick it off. Yeah. Next story, Jono. Absolutely. Next story. After a nine-year-old girl was entered into rehab, concerns have been raised about video game addiction oh, no. as the Fortnite phenomenon takes over the youth of today. Now, Jono. Yes. This was a. So this 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 controversy has sort of drummed up um and normally you know we talk a lot about a lot of international things but this is a worldwide controversy at the moment drummed up by our very own today show they had a so-called expert on to talk about the addiction of Fortnite, and um did you you saw the interview the yeah i watched some of that yes (laughs) So, so basically they had they had this this uh doctor or someone on who to, to talk about how video games are ruining the youth of today and how it teaches negative behavior and all that kind of stuff and she cited over 130 uh research pieces that talk about the um effects of, of video games on children but neglected to actually probably do her research In that a majority if not most of or like yeah most of those research pieces actually speak about how video games can have a positive impact mm. psychologically on youth um, and how there's no real hard evidence that these video games have uh, like an an effect on youth in a in a negative way as far as like violence and aggression and these types of things. Yeah, I think the Today Show
1: have copped it quite badly, especially from the gaming community. Mm. And what, watching mm. the interview today, I feel like Carl and his um, counterpart co-host i can't remember her name but Mm. i feel like they didn't do too bad of a job in kind of challenging her kind of and saying well it's just you know the the kids there's millions of kids playing it they're going to keep playing it it's just cartoon violence Mm. and they're not going to go out and shoot anyone like they said that and Mm. you know i guess the expert was like conceding that point but still banging on about how these things are like addictive and they Mm. she's trying to make Make it into like pseudoscience of like, you know, the the part of the yeah. brain that it stimulates and all this kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, yes, anything, any form of entertainment it can be addictive. And the point mm. that she was bringing up, which is the, I guess the one that makes sense, is that parents just need to know what their kids doing, need to be mm. involved. Obviously, a nine-year-old having to enter rehab, that's gone way beyond any healthy level of yeah. gaming. Just as yeah. it would be any activity that you do to that degree. So, yeah, I think the response is justified in attacking what was kind of twisted from that expert, but Mm. the Mm. message isn't a terrible one. Like violent games, you know, I've heard some people say my kids play violent games and I think that's up to the parent definitely. But I also feel like, yeah, maybe kids shouldn't play all games. That's why we have rating systems. That's why we have parents who are there to Mm -hmm. decide whether it's appropriate for their children or if you know it's something they should do in small portions or under supervision i remember telling you about uh going to visit my brother's family and my nephew he loves playing uh rocket league and stuff like that and i love playing Mm -hmm. with him but snuck away and noticed he was he was playing Fortnite without anyone around and i was like are you meant to be playing this he's only like five Hmm. years old and it turns, I found out, yeah, he's not meant to play that when dad's not around. So,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that annoyed me the most about this, specifically this interview, was the misrepresentation of facts Yeah, that this lady did and, and the fear mongering. Um, and what I took from that, what I am, what this irks, it irks me when these sorts of things come up because it's a misrepresentation of facts. It's, it is using, like, she, she basically lied, on national television to create a sense of fear and um mm. you know peril in parents saying oh this is you know this is like it's like fucking when they're like oh rock and roll is gonna make our kids into the devil and that kind of shit like it's it's always been the same it's always every time something has happened like new yeah, rock and roll it's television movies yeah. it's like it's always something you know what i mean it's sensationalized and, and yeah yeah, exactly. And what that does is it drums up a conversation about an unnecessary conversation and it puts then the blame on like video games and the video game industry. And it takes then the rep- the ownership of the, um, I guess, responsibility from the parents. It's like, well, it's like when, when parents complain about like McDonald's and sugary drinks and stuff, oh, they're making my kids fat. It's like, no, you're making your yeah. kids fat by feeding <laughs> those things to your children, you muppet. It, it, same thing with video games. If you think your child is addicted to video games, don't let them play video games to an ex, to that level. Like, who? What kind of parent is um, allowing their nine year old girl access to a video game? They at they want that, to that level. Yeah. They just enter rehab. It's
1: it is yeah. It's uh, it exposes some cultural issues <laughs> with parenting, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and absolutely. It, I think also it makes me think like this is something that's close to us as gamers. But how often do mm-hmm. they pull in these experts? Onto these shows to talk about topics that are completely misrepresented, whether it's, mm. you know, film or, you know, dr- mm-hmm. uh, drugs or any any kind of, mm. you know, mm. latest craze. But the way they were talking yep. about it was as if it was some kind of drug, like the latest yeah. the latest thing that kids are doing, like huffing
0: uh, spray cans or something. Fumes or yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, it irks me. It irks me. It should. Uh, yeah. Next story. Yeah, definitely. Uh, our next story, Jono. The EU set to ban memes. Mm. The horror! That's one way. Shock to put it. and awe. <laughs> so this is that is a, an oversimplification yes. of a uh, very interesting story. Obviously, so to give to give our listeners some background, the. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of talk about net neutrality and these types of things in the news um, of the last couple of years. And the, e- the EU has um, been working towards a, re- a reform. Basically, it's an updating of their copyright laws mm. for the digital age. And so, what's been created is this document that's going that is, you know, in the process of being passed as law to. Yeah, basically reform copyright laws, and it's, it's very complicated. There's a lot in it. There's things about um, there's like hyperlink sort of things where things can't be previewed properly without being checked. There's a, a, a there's a big chunk of it is to protect music and audio. Um, so similar to what YouTube has and these types of things where you um, you know you can't you can't use copyrighted some copyrighted music because it'll you know. It's it's copyright, right? Mm. So you can't use it in videos and that kind of thing, um, because the, the the creator of that or the publisher or whoever it might be, whoever has ownership of it, can then claim rights to um, either revenue or ask you to take it down. Um, but it goes even further in that there's a portion in it, so um, which is Article 13 in this, which talks about like copyrighted pictures and things, and it, basically the the crux of it is is that. Um, what they're asking for websites to do to be able to be live on the internet is to implement a screening process for all data that is uploaded, video, audio, picture, to make sure that there's no copyright material in that um, data that's uploaded. And if it is, it can get pulled down. Um, one, it's extremely expensive for mm. you know, websites to do that kind of thing, but it also basically, you know... it, it, it you know in the purest form yeah it can kill like the thing like the meme because so many as we know so many memes are you know a, like a regurgitation of copy, a copyrighted image there's the one of the guy with, you know the looking back Pervin on the other girl with his boyfriend yeah. you, you, the, the, all that kind of stuff yeah so this is a, this is a very I think we're in a, I feel like we're in a very perilous time with people sort of making these types of calls on things like and on the internet specifically mm. things like net neutrality and, and this kind of thing
1: It's interesting. It is interesting. I'm not sure how it's possible to do this. Like, is it retroactive? Mm. Does it go back? And does it ban everything that's on the internet already? That's breaching that copyright? Uh, Are Mm. they expecting Google and Twitter to do this? Because you've got obviously, cross border, like, like, you know, Mm. we follow people in the UK, they follow us. If I tweet something in Australia, that's legal, does it not show Mm. up on a UK Twitter feed Mm. or an EU Twitter feed? Like, it's impossible to issue. police. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. it's it's something that, you know, currently, technically, memes and, you know, repurposing other people's content is illegal. Like mm-hmm. that that distracted boyfriend meme was a stock photo, <laughs> like an eye stock image yeah. or whatever. And someone took that photo and every time it gets used they're potentially getting annoyed that someone didn't pay them for it. Not that anyone would, yep. but, yep. um, yep. it's, it's not legal at the moment to save a photo from Google and use it as a YouTube thumbnail, but we do it because there's no mm. way to really police it. Uh, mm. and there's, uh, I guess no system in place to stop people from doing it. So it sounds like the difference mm. here is that they're actually going to try and enforce the law that's already there. Uh I don't know how it's possible. I don't know if this will get through because it looks Mm. like it would be a very expensive task, maybe more than what they would be saving
0: from the Mm. copyright breaches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And I... I, I, So, I get it from, like, the other side as well. Like, I get the sort of counter-argument that, yeah, like, a lot of these people's, you know, property is being... Missed, like, used, like used without conversation whether it's music video images mm-hmm. these types of things um, so like I get that I get from like the artist point of view that you know someone's like the, my fucking tune that I wrote and you know produced that it was meant to be an income for me just gets used and used and used and used because it's become a meme it's used millions of times and I get nothing in return yeah. for it um, you know that that that's I sort of get that from that point of view um, I think you make a good point it's like how do they police it Um. I think there's. I haven't gone too deeply in this, but I believe that there's like a. There could potentially be a lot of, sort of um, fines and these types of things if if the laws aren't adhered to. There's also talk of um, they're looking to focus on specific sort of websites. So Facebook, Twitter, Mm. uh, YouTube, Pinterest, and I think Instagram were like the ones that they sort of flagged first and they were going to target. Yeah, exactly, and then it's the sort of it'll filter out from there. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I think June twenty is the date that this is being voted on. So um, I guess we'll stay tuned on on how it plays out. It's only in a couple of days from now, so yeah, um, yeah it's an interesting one. It's, I'm not sure yeah, how it's, gonna... it's it's interesting because I think some of the,
1: like the photographers I've talked to, most of them probably couldn't care less if someone takes their photo and uses it, mm-hmm. but if it's a corporation mm-hmm. or a business that takes it and uses it you know as like a stock image or something Financial, okay. yeah, yeah then it, they're like hold, hold on you're using this to make money as opposed mm. to someone just putting it up as like a,
0: a thumbnail or something on on their mm. on their youtube mm. What, ab- and what about like, and if we go back to the meme thing. And so, like what about like meme pages? Like, you know, I follow a few of these on Inst- I've only recently just discovered that like the meme pages on Instagram, they now fill up my feed. <laughs> um, and some of them are quite good. Uh, but like a lot of these pages have, Millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, up to millions of followers, and they they actually like would deliver an income because they put ads in like their stories and that kind of stuff, and you know they they generate quite a lot of revenue. Like, mm. is there a point where they're going to go to all these meme pages and you know shut them down or ask them to pay you know, um, you know royalties to? Yeah. I was going to say reparations, but that's <laughs> definitely the wrong word. <laughs> pay royalties to, to you know to the owners of the stock images that they're using for their memes, like. Um, mm. It's a very interesting one. Very yeah. interesting one.
1: Because I mean, like any, like there's there's so many images that we screenshot, you know, you take a screenshot, like the John Travolta gif of him in Pulp Fiction, mm. like that's Mira, mm-hmm. that's Miramax's property and we use it mm. like all the time. Or we, so mm-hmm. a screenshot from like an NBA game where LeBron's pointing at J.R. Smith and it's like, that gets <laughs> memed for a week until the next big... You know, photo gets yeah. taken and becomes a meme. So it's like, yeah, yeah they literally all are copyrighted to someone. Like, there's a mm-hmm. photographer that mm-hmm. took that, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. no way to kind of pay them for it that I know. I wouldn't even know how to pay for that if I wanted to. So yeah, it, it is interesting, mm. and um, I wonder. I do wonder how this how this is gonna pan yeah, out. Yeah, and whether it's a sign of what could happen elsewhere too. Because it's easy to go, oh, it's EU. <laughs> That's all right. Let, yeah, let them stuff the things up.
0: A- The internet's a worldwide thing, so it's sort of like, it'll it'll, it'll filter through and affect us. Um, And last piece of rapid fire news, um, a really, really horrible story. Uh, 22-year-old Melbourne comedian Eurydice Dixon is raped and murdered uh, while walking home from a comedy gig only 900 meters from her home. Um, This is really just a fucking shocking story. Um happened just this past week in, in our hometown, Melbourne, um, you know, a young, young girl just taken, walking home from work. Yeah. You know, in, in a public, in, you know, in a fairly public place, you know, princess park, um, which, you know, hundreds of people walk through like my best friend runs in that park often walks through there. Like it's, um, you know, it's, it's a horrible thought it's a horrible thing that, that we've had to sort of deal with a, uh, quite a few times in, in recent years um, in our town, unfortunately, is, is young women being sort of assaulted in this fashion. And we had the Jill Ma, obviously, um, mm. you know, not too many years back. And there's been a lot of commentary around the, I guess, the discussion around um, uh, like self-awareness and self-protection, these types of things. And, and um, around like, so, the comments of, that have been made have been, you know, women, or, you know, you shouldn't be walking, you know, on your own at that time of night or you should have, you know, you should be more aware of your surroundings and yeah. these types of things. And, um, and of course, the, the, you know, the counter-argument to that is, well, these, well, you know, shouldn't have to fucking worry about you, which I sort of agree with. Um, they shouldn't have to worry about their their safety. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. the conversation shouldn't be. Uh, and it was... Um, Oh god, her name's blanking me. I watched. It was on the project the other night. She used what she what she used to actually be the co-host of the Today Show, Lisa Lisa Wilkinson. Yeah, Lisa Wilkinson. Yeah, That sounds right. She she's she said sort of made the comments like, you know, why don't we stop telling our girls to be careful and protect themselves walking? Why don't we start telling our boys not to rape and murder women? Mm. Um, and it's a really sort of poignant point, and it's it's such a hard one because. Like, I find myself doing it all the time. Like, my partner goes for a walk or something, it's like, you know, be careful, keep your phone on you. You know, I, my friend, like, you know, I talk about my friend, she she often gets up at, like, four in the morning, goes for runs and, and in, like, you know, around ovals and in dark parks and stuff where there's no one else around. And I'm sort of like, my first reaction is, like, be please be careful, like, you know, like, that's my, like, yeah. you know, I don't your th- gut reaction. Yeah.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. Like, that in itself, mm. it's, it's, it's when you put the blame on those people yeah. for not being careful enough or whatever it is because yes, mm. you you can't shout out the window or you can shout out the window no one do anything to my to my girlfriend. Like They're not mm. going to listen to you. You don't have access to that person. You're not able to bring that person up as a child and teach them the values mm. that Australia and, and all society should have which is to respect people. You can't do that. You can only try and help the people that you are close to which is these people that you're you know, telling to be careful. Uh, I think it's it's a really tough one because it's e- it's so easy to say. Well, it's important to teach people to respect everyone, and we do. I think we do that. I think we should do that more. But the people mm-hmm. who commit these crimes, this guy was nineteen year old guy, and you know, if he has, it's like I imagine you have to have severe like mental problems to commit Mm. such a heinous act Mm. is it a failure of you know mental health system is it a failure of parenthood is it policing like Mm. it's hard to pinpoint without knowing more about it what the cause is Mm. but yeah i guess as a baseline thing we do need to teach people even from small things that you know pursuing women needs to be done in a respectful way and that they don't owe Mm. you anything and those kinds Mm. of messages that you know they are ones that have traditionally not been taught to young men. Yep. And yep. it's easy to allow, you know, boisterous activities to, to be seen as, you know, boys will be boys and he's just blowing off steam or whatever it is. And mm. if those things aren't kept in check, when it is what people might perceive as innocent flirting or, you know, having a crack at, at the the chicks or whatever it can turn mm. into this kind of thing when people become entitled or maybe they do have some kind of breakdown of, of their mental health. So, I think like mm. it's a it's a hard thing to kind of sum up in a minute or so that I've been talking, but there's a lot of things that need to be really just looked at at, at that level.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, you make a good point around some of just maybe those more respectful conversations and stuff mm. around like, you know, that sort of how to treat women and pursuing them in a respectful way and that kind of thing and um, I mean obviously to do something like what this this guy did you have to like you ha- you cannot be sound of mind to do something like that like do you know what I mean like yeah. are you almost as a default like I can't think of like you can't like it's just, do you know what I mean like you just can't it's be impossible. you yeah. can't actually be yeah sane and do something like that um, so yeah, it's it's just a horrible one. Um, there'll be a, a, a visual held uh, as of posting this episode tonight, Monday night, five thirty, Princess Park. I will be attending, um, so I'm going to go down and sort of pay my respects. Mm. This, this happens too much. Um, it's happened way too many times in my town, in like my city, my home city, and you know, I hope it never has to happen again. And um, you know, where the issue sort of begins and ends is sort of I, I don't know where to start or end with it but um yeah it's we just yeah i don't know what we can do i don't i don't know what the answer is but i think it's anything it needs to start with education of men from a from a younger age you know drilling it into them these sorts of things but yeah again like where does the men, then the mental health sort of aspect come into it like yeah i mean you tell a crazy person yeah <laughs>
1: you've got a son so that's a one place you can start is by bringing up a, the next generation to be better than ours hopefully Too true,
0: too true, too true. All right, Jono, let's move on to our main topic. Yeah. It happened. It finally happened. The North Korea summit between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un finally took place in Singapore this week, and the political theatre was truly something to behold. Mm. The on-again, off-again meeting on face value delivered what was promised. A promise, in fact, of denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. There's a hell of a lot to unpack here, Jono. Did the US give up too much for not much at all? Can we trust North Korea? Was Trump too soft on a heinous dictator? And are we being too harsh on Trump? Jono. Yes. Where do you fall on the Korea summit? Where as do a, I as fall? A, okay. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a heap of talking points that I want to get through, sure. but I want to know, just quick snapshot, what are your feelings on it? I feel like
1: there's a lot to get into, but I feel yeah. on surface, it's very much a, what's the word? I don't want to say marketing, because it's not marketing, it's politics, but I think it was very much yeah. a superficial... Uh, meeting
0: it was a PR stunt yeah I
1: I guess that would be a good way to put it and not to say that Mm. they didn't have important discussions not to say that it's not I guess what I would say is it's a symbolic uh, meeting Mm. more than Mm. some kind of practical we're going to solve all the problems between these two countries Mm. Um, Mm. I think that Mm. just the fact of him meeting in some people's minds is a huge win Uh, but I definitely think it's Trump saying I'm going to do something that no one's done before and it's very much symbolism that we're looking at here. And th- from mm-hmm. the handshake to, you know, Trump saluting the military officer that apparently he wasn't meant to yeah. do, but who really cares? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's a, a lot of uh,
0: symbolic things happening in this kind of meeting. Yep. So, so what do you, what was yep. your take? Yeah. Um, I'm a bit sort of mixed. I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. I think, I, I really think that from a, like you said, a symbolism point of view, what this sort of represents, uh, and even if you take it away from like the Western world, like hearing some accounts of South Korean people who, like their reactions to this was just of utter joy um, and relief that, like, so they, the South, the South, um, South Koreans have a, um, a saying that the, um, What is it? Is it half... No. I think the hardest thing in a journey is to take the first step. Uh So, yeah. How does it go? The hardest hardest thing in a journey is to take the first step. But once you've taken the first step, you're halfway to the end. Mm. So, their sort of feeling on that is that this is such a... That they've been at war with the North for so long that, you know, families have been torn apart. People have been, you know, captured and killed. And all this terrible stuff that's happened over the last 50, 60 years that... Um, this in itself was just meant so much to them that they can now finally have the prospect of peace. Um, so, if, you know, we look at it from a very cynical point of view from the Western world. We go, oh, it's political theater. It's a PR stunt. It's, you know, it's this, it's that. Trump did this. Trump said that. Kim's not going to do this. Kim's not going to do that. But the Korean people look at it and go, we finally have a chance at peace. Um, and I think that's really, I think that's a really important thing to note mm. Um you know their perspective on it. Obviously, sometimes we sort of forget that point of view. Uh, from a pure nuts and bolts point, I think I—I I mean, I—I've I, said this numerous times on the show, but I don't fully trust North Korea, and I won't. Um, there's some things I think, as a whole, North uh, America probably gave up too much for not really yeah. much at all. And when you get into the nuts and bolts of them, that kind of stuff starts to sort of filter out. Um, however i'm I'm optimistic that this can potentially get to a point of uh, the denuclearization of North Korea. I'm optimistic about it if this can continue if, <laughs> to go from where we were hmm. with fire and fury and my nuclear buttons bigger than your nuclear button rocket to man, them meeting yeah. and shaking yeah rocket man to them meeting and shaking hands and and this actually being a thing like to think where we were to where we are now is quite significant I think so hmm. to think where we are now where could we could be in six months could be a much sort of brighter place
1: yeah that's interesting how you mentioned like the South Korean perspective. I I was reading Mm. a article that was written about an editorial that appeared in a South Korean newspaper. And that was basically Mm. saying not the opposite of what you just said, but that they were very disappointed in what uh, Kim was able to get from the US. Like basically saying Kim won this discussion Mm. and we don't feel like this nuclear disarmament is necessarily... it's not even a promise to to disarm it's hmm. it's a, a discussion or something and and they just felt yeah. like it kind of opened them up a bit more to um
0: yeah they feel a bit more vulnerable yeah, right? yeah yeah
1: exactly and and from that perspective yeah i wonder if what trump did was for the security and safety of of the us more the than US. it was for anyone to else North, which, which you know i yeah.
0: understand a country is looking after its own interests that makes sense mm. for me. <laughs> yeah, which, is very, which he's proven he's very good at. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And that's sort of where my skepticism comes in mm. and when you do get into the nuts and bolts of what was actually discussed and what was offered and what's been promised. Because yeah. so it's very the, much like, is he actually going to do anything that he talked about?
1: Is it just yeah. talk or is and, he going to follow through?
0: Yeah. So, a lot of, so, basically what's happened as of now is that the agreement has been put in place for the denuclearization of the North Korean Peninsula, um, which the North Korea has agreed to. Uh, and once they so so there's economic sanctions. So Japan, South Korea, China, and the US all have um, economic sanctions placed on North Korea. Those all those sanctions are currently still in place and will continue to be until the, um, the until the North is denuclearized hmm. since they've removed their program which they've promised they'll do what's being given to the north is in the agreement no, there's normally two things in these denuclearization agreements um and that is that they need to be uh irre- irreversible and verifiable now those two count what what sort of perplexed the two things that really perplexed um the south i'll get to the second in a moment south korea was that those and Pretty much the rest of the world is that those two points weren't in the agreement. The ir- that, that, that that they were taken out. A lot of people saw that as a and like a win on for North Korea. That it didn't have to be irreversible, mm-hmm. and it was, and it didn't have to even be verifiable, which is very bizarre. These are they are normally counterpoint like cornerstones of these agreements, and they were not in there. Um, and the second is the removal and the ceasing of the war games, which is. Um, Basically, what those are, if you don't know, they are military exercises to prepare you for conflict. So, in places like North and South Korea, the Americans and South Koreans are conducting military exercises, basically practice for war. So, if anything is to happen, if North Korea is to act or do something, they're basically ready to go at the snap of a finger. They've been training for it. They do it on a you know daily basis. Um, and if there is a conflict, they're basically primed and ready to go. They know exactly what to do. So, what and they've been in place for a very long time these war games and they're, they're seen as a they have always been seen as a deterrent to North Korea from being able to act and the removal of those was very South Korea were very and a lot of people were very perplexed by it and a bit worried that they've given this this up this position of sort of power um, for really nothing at all almost so it's um, yeah it's a, that, that's sort of where I'm like hmm. mm, I think he's given away too much for what he's actually received in return so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's easy to kind of gamify this and and make it into like you know, Godzilla versus King Kong, Alien versus Predator yeah. and who who won. Like there's a got to be a winner and I think Yeah. the same way that people talk about like like, did PlayStation win E3? And it's mm-hmm. it's it's not always as black and white as saying there's a winner and a loser because I'm sure mm-hmm. they both probably feel like they walked away with something mm-hmm. significant. They both probably feel like they mm-hmm. gave something up and they had both achieved a lot by just the fact that they met. So from that perspective, mm-hmm. yeah, I do wonder, uh, and I'm sure we'll be hearing about it for a long time, how Trump feels he like they're probably both thinking that they got the the good end of the stick and mm. i don't know do you do you think that this is just the first of of many kinds of meetings like this for for trump and and, and kim
0: yeah i think it has to be like i think it has to be like um mike Pompeo will get involved as well and um obviously it will be you know a lot of it will be left to the um you know the international affairs sort of you know people to Mm -hmm. sort out Um, but yeah I I mean I think it has to be and this is and they've both made the point that this isn't like you know this isn't one and done this is the start of a long process so I think probably you know from a if I'm looking at it from a completely um, unbiased sort of trying to be part as, as you know as in the middle as I can be it's Trump maybe knowing his audience with Kim knowing how you know erratic they can be and irrational he can be and you know maybe playing to his ego Mm. playing to you know offering up a bit more at the start to get him comfortable to get him cooperating to perhaps get exactly what they want in the long run because he did make it very clear that this isn't one and done this is going to be a long term thing so from that point of view I can sort of see that Um, I just knowing Trump it could, you know, you don't know how this is going to go two weeks down the track. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone it, says something. You know, Kim says something. He says something. And then all of a sudden, it's back on, and you know, it's it's you know, it could it could go any which way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I give a of Trump things, enough
1: credit to be that forward thinking.
0: To be honest, for yeah. who knows? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm trying to be unbiased. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of things that other people have sort of criticised him on is that he was probably he was too soft on Kim mm. in that he. You know, this is you know, all right. From a, let's take away the dictator. fact that this, this yeah. is, a, yeah, this guy's a heinous dictator. This is a guy who murders his people, who enslaves, he starves his people, puts people in prison camps, um, you know, murders his own family members, and he treated him. And spoke to him like he was, you know, a, a respectable, you know, good guy. He's like, he's a smart guy. You know, he runs his country tough. And people ask him like, what about, like, what about the people in the prison camps? What about the people in the Gulag? Like, what is happening with all these people? These people that are being starved. And he's like, well, you know, you know, he's a, he didn't really give any kind of anything on that. He's kind of like, well, you know, he's the, he's a strong guy. You know, he, just, <laughs> he runs his country the best he can, and you know, he loves his people. And they're like, but he's killing them like they're dying yeah. of starvation but, like, well you know he just he runs his country <laughs> tough and it's like what are you talking about
1: <laughs> yeah stick to the um, speaking points yeah I think yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah. So, it, there is an argument that just by meeting with Kim he's giving legitimacy to someone that doesn't deserve it yeah. and it, yeah, it's and hard to part, yeah. kind of be that as cynical as to say well we should just pretend like that country doesn't exist and that mm. not and to just not try It to even, yeah, not even try to make them, you know, come around or to change things that Mm. you you can't change everything about how a country is run without taking over that country altogether. So that's Mm -hmm. that's out of the question. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it it makes me wonder uh, whether that stuff will come up or if it's just diplomacy and that's Trump having to ignore all those things for the sake of getting a good deal for his people. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of what I'm me. Like I said, trying to come at f- from an optimistic angle, that's sort of what I'm thinking, but um, I guess we'll find out a uh, couple of the last couple of things I wanted to, to touch on um, was, so obviously Trump's been very he- heavily criticized for this. Um, you know, the way that it was handled, how soft he was, what he's given up, etc. and so on. My question now that I pose is, would we be... Would we be being... Or would the media and everyone, society, everyone, whoever's commentating on this, would we be... be, Would we be... (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Would we be being as... I was having a stroke for a second then. Would we be being as harsh if this was Obama or if this was Hillary or if this was someone else?
1: Mm. It's hard to to know because are people being harsh just you mean just on the fact that they met in that in and of itself or some of the stuff that's, no, no. that's happened while he was there i
0: mean all of it all of it so what the, the meeting yeah. the i mean a lot of people are you know saying well like it, this meeting wouldn't even have happened if it was obama mm. or hillary and that like it's only trump that's been able to get this done yeah um or wanted to get it done you know no no other american leader has ever wanted to meet really with the north um mm. but then the yeah, so like if you know if this was Hillary or if this was Obama who went over and had these talks and gave away what what Trump's given away you know from the start, like would would he would we be criticising as heavily? We might not, but the other side of you know the hard right
1: side of conservative mm-hmm. America probably would be. I think that they were very critical yeah. of the way that uh, Obama interacted with the Cuban government in yeah. his time. I'm not an yeah, expert on any point. of that, but that's something that I would draw a link to. I'm sure that there's a lot of differences mm. there, but there's probably a lot of similarities too. And I yeah. think that it, yeah, it is going to be unique because Trump has that unique relationship with Korea where he has mm. said so much about them and kind mm. of taken steps back and ign- like forgotten a lot of the th- things that he said. But mm. yeah, what do you think?
0: yeah i think um yeah no i don't think people would be as harsh mm. if this was obama in the general sort of you know the media the mainstream media i think it would have been you know the headlines instead of being trump and i'm talking specifically mainstream media trump um you know gave up too much and he's done this that, and the other like i think it would be you know peace is on the cards and you hope. Know, yeah. It would be, yeah. Hope. <laughs> yes, and these we can. Things yeah. would have been spun in a more, yeah, it would have been spun in a more positive manner. So yeah, no, I don't, I think, I don't think we would have been as harsh if it was somebody else. Um, but you know, I, I can only, um, I, I'm trying to be optimistic about this and I'm trying to see this whole thing in a positive light. And I can only be optimistic about this as a good step to reducing the, you know, Threat of nuclear war, mm. and 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 that's what it's doing. Like on face value, you've got to take this on face value from the start. That's what I think is. That's what I hope is happening, or what will happen. Now he's just got to go back and fix Iran, and then we're. <laughs> gonna, <laughs> um, so yeah yeah, it'll be very interesting last thing i want to touch on on this was the um that brilliant moment um when they're standing at the table (laughs) and it's been memed to around that they said this is the most office moment that's happened since the the show was cancelled so basically if you haven't seen the clip go and find it it's all over the internet it's absolutely brilliant trump's standing at the table and he's like He's like, you got a good shot of us. We all look handsome and thin and perfect and great, and and the camera's sort of like panning around, like it was almost exactly how it does, like in things like The Office yeah. and Modern Family. It zooms in on, on Kim, and and it zooms in on Kim, and he's just got this like deer in the headlights look of like what's going on, and it was just a per- yeah. it was a perfect moment. Cle- it was quite hilarious. Clearly
1: doesn't understand English, so. No, or maybe he does, no. but he does use an interpreter. We know that much. So, yeah, he's probably exactly, like, yeah. what did he say? Exactly. Uh, there, was, there was another great <laughs> moment that I should mention. I don't know if you saw this clip, but it was Trump talking to reporters about uh, agreeing to bring back remains or discussing bringing back remains of soldiers from the Korean War. Mm. Oh, yeah. And he's talking about how, how many people, like many, many, many people in the campaign asked me to you know bring back my son and bring back my 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 kids from Mm. from the war the war ended in 1963 so i don't know who how many of you know those soldiers parents are still knocking around and getting out to trump rallies but yeah it it sounds like kind of a a ludicrous thing to say that uh, to try and spin it that way yeah (laughs) they would have to be at least like 102 years old if
0: their kids were like 18 when they went over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Jono, mm. a couple of listener questions for oh, us. Oh, we've got that to come. Let's our first, do it. Mm, uh, our first, this is more of a listener statement. This one comes from Lizzie DeLacy. And she writes in, and, and this one's directed at Thomas Marshall uh, in regards to something we spoke about last week. And she says... Thomas Marshall, I think your wacky idea about learning something every week is awesome. That is a show I'd be keen to listen to. Obviously, in reference to the original idea for the Pleasure Explosion podcast, which was for everyone to learn something new mm. in the week and then come in and discuss it. And like I said last week, we we're all like, that sounds like a great idea. And they're like, yeah. we thought about it. Like, that actually sounds like a lot of work. How yeah, about we just catch up talk, and talk shit yeah. for an hour? Yeah. There's something so, there, um, Tom. There's something there, Tom. There's always, as, there's always a spot for you in the 8-bit collection i want to revive that one Tom get off your ass uh, and Brennan White also writes in and asks are super teams a good thing for professional sports mm. and he also says also hi and I love you both Exo, yeah. love you I too PW
1: super teams uh, yeah. s-
0: super teams I'm assuming he's referring to things as such as like the um, the uh, the San Francisco Golden State uh, Warriors Golden State. yeah yeah yeah, we've seen a lot of.
1: In the NBA, it's a lot easier to team up because it's, you know, a, a starting lineup of five players that can have a great mm-hmm. impact, especially when two or three of them come together. We saw it with Miami mm-hmm. and LeBron joining Wade and Bosch there. And yeah, mm-hmm. it, it can have a, a huge effect on, on the game and how competitive it is. Are they good? Was that the question? I, th- I think that they're Are good. Are they good for sport? Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you took away the the Warriors, you took away the heat from the last ten years. I think it would be a lot less interesting. It's good to have a
0: villain sometimes. Really? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's good mm. to have. You don't think it gets boring for people to see the same teams win every single year?
1: Um, because well, I do. They, like we, they uh, so don't. I'm an avid. Ab- like the the Warriors. Well,
0: the Warriors have won a lot, like won th- three it's been, it's- out of
1: four, and mm. they very easily been- could have been beaten they went to game 7 in the Houston in the Houston series which was only mm. really you know it was very wire close like what's the word razor close razor thin close right down to the wire right until uh <laughs> the rockets uh, another string to your feather cap <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, until chris paul went down and you know that kind of made it obvious that the warriors were going to win so you know i think mm. like like i was saying about my book the outcome is what we expected with the warriors winning but the way we got there was very different so yeah i don't know Mm. it's Mm. you don't want to know what's going to happen at the end and Mm. i guess some it's yeah it's we could talk about this for a very long time but i think ultimately (laughs) the, the point is that players can dictate their future they can dictate where they want to live and that's the way that it should be like any workplace in my opinion but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as long as they're not breaking any rules to do it that's the thing and if there's a problem with the rules then they just need to change the the, the salary cap and all that kind of thing so
0: i personally i'm not a fan of it i prefer for it to be a bit more like like as a afl fan we had the three years in a row where hawthorne won every single like i think they played in Mm. Five out of six grand finals, one three. Um, so, uh, no, sorry, it was a four out of five and one three. Um, Would you say that if you were a Hawks fan though? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But that's that's one <laughs> that's one supporter group out of. You know the entire sort. If you look at the sport as a whole, if you are a neutral supporter, Mm. like it's not fun seeing the same teams win it every single year. Um, Is it kind of cool to say like, oh, I saw that in you know in hindsight, would it be? Am I going to look back and go, oh, you know, I I watched the Hawthorne team of you know two thousand X Y and Z, you know, win that three premierships in a row? Like, no, I'm not. I'm going to remember like the fun years where you know the underdog teams got up and won it. Like, I think in sport as a general rule people preferred the underdog story not the go- the colossus giant winning it every single year and just destroying everyone else that's just fine. yeah
1: no it, it's you want it to be competitive but i think having a a colossus can be good for the league as well mm-hmm. like look at jordan in the 90s that was widely regarded as the best thing that could have happened uh, for the league, and in the '80s, we had the Celtics and the Lakers at other sides of the conferences. Magic and Larry Bird. Without those two mm-hmm. behemoths, the NBA wouldn't have become as popular as it was in the '80s. So, I think mm-hmm. that it's easier to mark. Like, like we're t- we're talking about AFL and NBA. They're very different sports, so it's hard to uh, draw a direct comparison. But I think for, ah, for... the same thing. <laughs> same thing. They bounce the ball. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Snowbike Mike. The the UGamber explanation to Snowbike Mike was a great one. I thought you would have nailed the pitch by now. You've explained it to Americans so many times. But it keeps changing every yeah, I mean, time. It does, yeah. Yeah, but that's good. Um but yeah, like as I was saying, I think that it's it's good it's good to have a villain to root against if if that's, you know, the way mm-hmm. that you want to look at it. And when when a you know, two years ago the Cavs were the underdog, like you mentioned, and they beat warriors they came down from being Mm. they came back from being down 3-1 which has never happened and they produced Mm. the first cleveland championship of any sport in like 50 years and Mm. it was such an amazing Mm. moment uh in in the the league so and that's what i
0: mean like that yeah that's i think that's like a great moment yeah
1: but if they had just beaten some random team it wouldn't have been that exciting but they beat Mm. a team that won 73 games and broke the all-time uh season record so i don't
0: know I don't know, I, I, I half this. Sports are fun. Uh, <laughs> sports are fun. We probably just lost all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, um, it's the end of the episode. <laughs> it is uh, Tom. Uh, Tom, John. John. It's time for our iTunes review of the week. Uh, and speaking of this gentleman, he's made. If been mentioned like four or five times already in the episode, it comes from Tom De Bomb eighty mm. nine. And he drops a super duper five stars. And the title is highly recommended. And it reads Jack and the rotating crew of guest hosts do an outstanding job recapping, as well as giving considered thought and perspective on a wide range of topical issues. Thank you so much for your kind words, Tom DeBomb89. Jono, we have reached the end of our iTunes review stockpile. I did, yeah. I did a lot well this week, man. Must yeah, be a shortage. To arms, national shortage. This is the, this is the week, people. I know you've been holding out. I know you've been sandbagging them, getting ready because you will, you want to like be ready for me when I need you. The call is out there. Drop your review. Tell me what you think of the show. Let us know. It does help a lot. It keeps us discoverable. It lets the people know where we are. It pushes us up in the search is of the people looking for. So we are fresh out of reviews. So next week there may not be an iTunes review of the week. You are almost guaranteed to get read out next week mm. if you drop in so get on over to itunes leave a review tell us what you think of the show let us know your thoughts feelings desires and we will answer them and if desires. you've got any questions for us you can always email us like lizzie did like brennan did at it is what it is at 8bit.net that email address again it is what it is at 8bit.net Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit. You can find all of our content over at 8-Bit.net and you can follow us on Twitter. Jono is at Jono himself. I am at Cruzy underscore mate and 8-Bit is that. We are 8-Bit on all of the socials. And shout out to our sponsor, Audio Technica, for hooking us up with the sweet, sweet audio gear. If you want to get a great mixer, some sweet headphones or a nice, sexy microphone like I'm using right now, you can hear my sexy, sexy voice. Head on and over to Audio Technica. Check out all the wares. They've got the best I was gonna say junk, but that's not the right word at all. They've got the best gear in the audio space. Head on over, to check out Audio Technica. Jono, Yo Pimp away. Tell the kids what you've got going on. What podcasts should yeah. they listen to? What books should they read? What, what articles? <laughs> I mean have you if, written recently. If you,
1: if you wanna if you want everything, Jono, just head over to my Twitter at Johnny himself—that's where I'm plugging my IGN article, my book every now and then, *The Spy in the Maven*. If you want to check it out, my podcast *Putting in Work*, which also needs some iTunes reviews. So head over there. I've got Jarrett Green on there last week, which is uh, you know irrational passions. Our friends over there, freelance writer, very deep voice, very sexy voice. I might say, just gonna throw that mm. up there. And uh, he
0: looks like a sexy man. He looks like he has a sexy. Oh voice. yeah, he
1: does. He does. You—it's you, like uh, it's like podcasting with Shaft. Or Isaac Hayes, you know, (laughs) it's awesome. Yeah, uh, and you know, more of that goodness coming up this week. I've got a social media guru on the podcast, so you'll get all of those insights, those hot tips to interviewing yourself. Then, Uh, no, not not this week. (laughs) I've done that before, but not this week. (laughs) I've interviewed you. You haven't interviewed yourself. No,
0: I've uh, I've I've had my I've had myself featured as the guest three times now <laughs> <laughs> who was the best person to interview you was it uh, me your wife or who the guy who did it the other way <laughs> Sam Kingba uh, Jack it'd have to be you wouldn't it damn right it was yeah Dick, you guys, I can't say anything else on this damn show damn right it was no you're damn right you can't <laughs> Remember, guys if you have enjoyed this show head on over to iTunes leave us a review Chuck us a subscribe tell your friends about us it does help get the world out make sure you do the same for putting in work Jono's interview podcast which drops every Thursday thank you So, go and check that out. Next week, I'll be joined by 8Bit.net's resident farm boy, Drew Agnew. Yes. Looking forward to getting Drew on the show finally. One of my favorite people in the world. So, it's going to be awesome to have him on. Remember, if you've got any questions for myself or Drew for next week, you can email us at... It is what it is at 8bit.net. I-T-I-S-W-H-A-T-I-T-I-S at 8bit.net. I just, when I was reading, Jono, funny story, as I was just reading that out, I noticed that the word titties is in that uh, email address. So, it is what titties at 8bit.net. Oh, <laughs> Jono, it has been an absolute pleasure. It has. Talking to you. you see. Until next time, friends. It is what it is. It is what titties. What titties. What did he? Huh. Like a joa. What
1: did he?